Hallelujah. Love it. Love it. The O2 Church is uh, starting, of course, Cliff and Lisa relaunching their church. The Saint Church up in Auckland in a little while. We've got another church plant going in uh, Gisborne and so Haley and TK. And so a lot of stuff happening there. But Sam and Michelle have stepped out on them doing two services from day one. That takes a lot of uh, faith. So that's uh, pretty exciting. I uh, texted them this morning and said, we are going to be praying with, uh, for you in all of our three services. And, and we've been able to do that. And so really believing God for souls to be saved. Amen. Amen. Souls to be saved. Lives to uh, be changed. Because I know in meetings like this, it can turn people's lives around. It really can. And maybe you're here today and you go, man, I wish God would turn my, my life around. I, I want to tell you, I want to give you an opportunity by the end of this service for God to do that, to do exactly that, to shift things in your life. You might think, well, God can never use a person like me. I want to tell you how he can. I want to tell you that he, how he can and that he will if you would allow him to speak to your life. And um, again, just before we start, I want to welcome all of those who are maybe watching online. And we're so great to have you here as part of our family and church. Would you welcome those who are watching the, the, the sermons? Great to have you here. And if you're ever in our area, please come and be a part of one of our services. We would love to have you here. And don't miss next week also, church, because we're starting the success series. The success. It's really hard to say it. This, I want to be successful when I say it. The success series. And again, just doing that, I want to get a bit of a theology around success. And because I think Christians sometimes can have an odd view of success. And hey, if you're going to check it out, someone in the church has just brought a new V10 Audi R8. And we're going to have that parked out here. I'm hoping to have it parked out here. But it was interesting because when I said to the person, hey, can we park it out there? He's like, yeah, yeah, as long as you don't tell anyone who's the, who's the owner. I said, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Whereas as Christians, we sometimes, as success, we think we've got to hide it. We can't pretend it like God's not into us being successful. I don't know anyone who grows up going, I'd love to be a failure. Can I hear an amen? Everybody wants to be successful. Everyone wants to, wants to do that. So, but we need to get a theology around success. I'm not talking about prosperity, gospel, give me your money. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a theology around success. Because if you don't have a theology around it's going to mess you. You're going to think but, but all the time, a prophet, prophet's a dirty word. Or, or, or you know, I'm making money. Money's the, it's evil. Money's evil or whatever. But we need to get a theology around success. And so if you're a business person, this will help you. This will encourage you. We need more business people. Can I hear an Amen. About four of you, I said, can I hear an amen? We need more business people. Business people provide jobs and bring life to things. And so it's important that we, we do it. If we have nothing, we can do nothing. If we have something, we can do something. If we have a lot, we can do a lot. And so we need to get a theology around success. So tap your neighbor and say, don't miss that. And uh, I'll bring a friend. This is a great one to invite another business person or someone in that. This is a great series to invite people to church, because everybody, I don't know anybody, Christian, non-Christian, who doesn't want to go, you know what, I want to do well at life. Whether it's my family, whether it's my marriage, whether it's whatever, we want to be successful. And so I want to encourage you, it's a great one to invite friends uh, to. But today we're finishing our Not Ashamed series, and I pray you've enjoyed it. I've certainly enjoyed preaching it. I pray you've been encouraged by it, and uh, it's helped you think and stir some things in your hard and, and, and just, I guess, enrich that area of our lives. But we're, we're finishing up today, and part, this is part four, and so of course we've based this on Romans chapter 1 verse 16, 
where Paul the Apostle declared in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed. Everybody say, not ashamed. Say it like you believe it now. Not ashamed. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. It's for everyone. You might be thinking here, God would never use a person like me. God would never want to speak to a person like me. This gospel, this good news is for everyone. Everybody say everyone. Come on, let me hear it. Tap your neighbor and say it's for you. Tap your neighbor and say it's for you. Tap him back and say it's also for you, my friend. It is. For everyone who believes. Here's why. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. It's not about your righteousness or how good you are. It's about what God has done, His righteousness, what He has made available to us through the cross of Calvary. And so part one of not ashamed of the gospel, I, I said, if I'm honest, I've, I've, I've never been uh, uh, embarrassed by the gospel in that sense, but I, but, or ashamed by it, but I have been embarrassed by sometimes the presentation of it. Sometimes how it's presented, and we talked about awkward gospel moments that have taken place. And I said to us as a church, we have to look at our methods. We have to look at the method of delivering the gospel because we want people to receive it. And I said this, the message never changes, but the methods always can. And we have to look at the methods and how we present the gospel. The second thing in part two of Not Ashamed, I said as followers of Christ, we're called to share the gospel. It is our mission And it is our ministry. Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. It's the the great commandment, not the great suggestion. Uh, Come on, somebody. I said it's the great commandment, not the great suggestion. He's saying this is what I want you to do. It's your mission and it's our ministry. Because in 2 Corinthians 5, 18, God says, God who has reconciled us, you and me, to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us The ministry, what's my ministry? This is your ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. And in part three, I said, if we're to share the gospel, what is it? What what is the gospel? And we walk through a simple framework of the gospel message. And the word gospel simply means good news. And friend, for me as a drug addict, when God turned my life around, I want to tell you that was good news. I want to tell you when my life was going downhill and God met me in that place and He turned my life around, I want to tell you it was good news. It was not only good news for, uh, for me, it was good news for my family because uh, it changed things and, and, and turned my life around. I put a post on my Facebook yesterday about a mongrel mob member who had found Christ and just wandered across the road. It's a great, great story of redemption and how God has turned a life around. This is what God has done. It's good news. And friend, if you're here today and your life's been bad news, I want to tell you, by the time you leave here today, I want the good news of Jesus Christ to impact and change your life. Somebody say amen. And so that's what we looked at in part three. And so if you missed any of those, they are all online. Now, as I finished part three of Not Ashamed, I finished it by telling you this. A group of 24 rabbits were set loose in Australia and grew to a population of 10 billion rabbits in 67 years. Now, you might be saying that's some mindless trivia, like do you know there there are more fake pink flamingos in the world than there are real ones? Yes, that's a piece of useless information. But is this useless information? What has this got to do with the gospel? No. I said I would tell you what this has to do with the gospel, and I said I would tell you today. So if you stick with me for the next 30 minutes... I'll let you know sometime during the service the answer to that. 
So in part four of this message that we're doing today, my challenge is, we've heard it, we've heard part three, my challenge is for us today is to just go and do it. That's really what I'm talking about today. The challenge is to just go and do it. Let's go and connect people to Jesus and help people find their purpose. Now, you might be here and you go, well, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know. I don't know if I'm really qualified to do this. I don't know if I've got all the qualifications to do this. Pastor, that sounds a bit heavy. I understand the messages. I've listened to uh, all three parts, and they were awesome, by the way. Thank you. But I, 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 I just don't know if I'm qualified or really qualified to do this. See, Pastor, my life's still got some stuff I, I, I need to sort out. I, I, I haven't got it all together like you, Pastor. Okay, that's what we supposed to. Uh, I really don't have it all, all together. Ask my wife. No, don't ask her. The thing is, none of us have it all together. Uh, you know, but people think, well, but Pastor, I, I don't have it all together like, like, like the other people in the church. Can you just turn to your neighbor and ask them, do you have it all together right now? And if anybody says yes, they're liars, liars, pants on fires. The thing, nobody has it all together. But if that's how you feel, if you're going like, man, I don't know if I'm qualified to do this. I don't know if God would want to use me to do this. This sermon, this message will help you. This message will encourage you today. Okay? So in the Bible, and here's how. In the Bible, there's a story. It's a great story. It's where Jesus has a conversation with a Samaritan woman he meets while he's resting at a well. It's actually the longest recorded conversation that Jesus has with anyone in the New Testament, and it's found in John chapter 4. Now, if you're familiar with the story, you know this woman is a Bible bad girl. Okay, she's a Bible bad girl. I'm just going to say she's a BBG for, for short. That's my rapping language because I'm trying to be cool and relevant. So it's, it's, it's a BBG. And, and, and I was going to use, I was going to use, I was thinking, what can I use as my rapping thing? And I said a BBB, a, a bad Bible babe. And then I went to, to Gray, no, Gia, and I was like, Gia, I'm gonna, can, I, can I say bad Bible? Because sometimes I say things and they're like, no, you know, in young people's language, that means like, this, don't do that. So I said, she said, don't use it. But I'm just telling you, that's what I was going to use. But she said, no, use BBG, Bible bad girl. This girl was bad. She was bad. And so, so if you know the story, that's a little bit of the background. But she has this encounter with Jesus that radically, yes, order in the front row. That's Neil being naughty, thinks he's the birthday boy and he can get, I don't know who it is. Is it Al being naughty? Is he? I see you, Al. I see you. All right. So she, she's, she's a BBG. But this, this, this bad girl, she has an encounter with Jesus that radically changes her life. And I don't have time to go through the whole story, but the gist of it is this. Jesus was with his disciples, and they were on their way to Galilee, Galilee and they, uh, from, the, from Judea. And to get there, they had to pass through this place called Samaria. And so as they're doing the long walk, it ends up, it's about lunchtime. They start getting hungry. And the Bible says that Jesus was tired. He was getting tired uh, by that time. And he's like, man, uh, let's take a rest. It's noon, it says in the Bible. So it's getting hot. If you've ever been to places like India and what, whatever, you would know that at noontime, it is stinking 
hot. And he just like, I'm going to rest. The disciples were like, thank you, Jesus, as, you, as they did. So they started resting. They said, man, we are so hungry. So Jesus is like, well, you go to Mecca's and get some food. And so they head over to the local Mecca's at the village there to get some burgers. But Jesus says, I'm going to rest. What do you want, Jesus? He said, oh, just bring me back anything. This is the Adam International version, okay? And so they go off to get food. And Jesus is resting there at the well when this BBG turns up. This Bible bag girl turns up. So she comes to draw water from the well. And you might be saying, well, how do I know she's a Bible bag girl? Well, first of all, good girls don't draw water from the well in the noonday sun. They sure don't draw water by themselves in the noonday sun. Most of the ladies would come out to draw their water in the morning or in the evening out of the heat. That's when they'd do it and they'd do it together. And so they'd come to this place. But you would only turn up in the middle of the day if you were one like an outcast, one that somebody else, the other rest of the village, didn't want to hang out with or talk to. See, she was a BBG. But Jesus starts up a conversation with her. And as, as the Bible tells us that when the disciples came back with their burgers, Jesus was getting a fillet of fish. And so, so, so as he came back and they handed the burgers, they see Jesus talking with this BBG. They see her, and, and, and the Bible says in the message version that they were shocked that Jesus was talking to this lady. They're like shocked. In fact, it, it goes like this in the message version. In John 4, 27, it says, the disciples, they were shocked. They couldn't believe that he, Jesus, was talking with that kind of woman. I'm spitting. You know I'm preaching good when I'm spitting everywhere. But, but they couldn't believe that she was speaking with that kind of woman. See, not only was she a woman, I mean, that was awkward in itself. In that culture, they didn't speak. The guys didn't just randomly speak to girls. They just didn't do it. It wasn't like it is today, I can tell you. And so, so that, that not only that, she's a Samaritan. She's a Samaritan. I can't believe he's talking to a Samaritan. And not only that, she's that kind of girl. She's a bad girl. I don't know if there's a song like that, but that's the kind of girl. She's a sad girl or whatever. I don't know what it is. But she was that kind of girl. She was, she was that kind of girl that you were driving down Vivian Street. You know what I'm talking about? No, none of you know what I'm talking about. You're driving down and you take that look in your wife. Go, what you looking at? She's that kind of woman. It's all quiet in here. She was that kind of woman. And the disciples were shocked. That Jesus is speaking to her. But it says no one said anything. They were all thinking it, but their faces showed it. Their faces showed that she's a BBG. Bible bad girl. But Jesus strikes up a conversation with her. Jesus asks her for a drink of water. And she's like, whoa, Jose. I think that's Jesus in Spanish. I don't know. But he's like, whoa. Is it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Spanish people, they might know. Whoa, Jose. Yo. Don't get distracted at him, okay. <laughs> I haven't taken my medication. Okay, so here it is. Jesus says, can you give me a drink of water? And she's like, whoa, you, you can't be talking to me. You, you surely can't be talking to this sister. Not me, but this sister. You surely can't be talking to me. And in John chapter 4, verse 9, it says, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew. And I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. She's like saying to Jesus, you're breaking all 
the rules. You're not meant to speak with me. You're not meant to talk with me. You're not, I'm a, I'm a BBG. You're not meant to talk with me, let alone ask me to serve you. You're not meant to do that. You're breaking the rules. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the conversation goes on and they talk about all types of things, but eventually it gets to where Jesus tells the woman about her life. He begins to speak to her about your life and he, he, he tells her, I know who you are. You've had five husbands. Whoa. And the guy you're living with now, he isn't your husband. She's like, freak out. Whoa, dude. How do you know all this stuff? And the Bible tells us that she is so powerfully impacted by Christ. What does she do? The Bible says she goes back, John 4, 28. She goes back into the village and she told the people, come and see the man who knew all the things I did. Do you know he knows everything you've done and still loves you? Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. Who The man who knows me inside and out. Do you think he could be the Messiah? And they went out to see for themselves. All the village people, YMCA, went out. You like that one now? Yeah, I got out. He's chuckling. Some of you are like, village people? Who is that? I don't get it. It's only for old people over 30 maybe. I don't know. It says, many of the Samaritans from the village committed themselves. Listen, they all went out to see for themselves. And many of the Samaritans from that village committed themselves to Jesus. Listen, because of that woman. You know, that kind of woman. All of these people committed themselves to Jesus because of that kind of woman. Now, here are three things I want to point out from the story that will help you today if you're saying, I don't know if God could use me. Number one, Jesus broke the rules to talk with her. Jesus broke the rules to talk with her. But watch this. She didn't want to break the rules. She didn't want to break the rules. In fact, she couldn't even believe that Jesus was speaking with her. She's like, Jesus, you, you want to talk with me? I, I She's like, you, you, you can't. She starts telling Jesus, you can't talk with me. You can't, surely you can't ask me to serve you. This woman starts telling Jesus what he can and can't do. She starts setting limitations upon him. She's like, you, you, you can't want to talk with me. I can't serve you. I mean, for a start, I'm a woman. Number, number, and any ladies in the house know God wants to use you? Come on, somebody. About four of you. Come on, ladies, come on. Oh, and then ladies in the house. Any men in the house? Yeah. Ladies. Oh, yeah. Come on, ladies. You lost out on that one. You lost out. Oh. Come on. Any ladies in the house? You know what God wants to hear? Thank you very much. God bless. You did better. You did better. Good on you. But this woman's like, I'm I'm a woman. And not only that, you can't want to talk to me. You can't want to use me. I'm a Samaritan. And not only that, I'm an outcast. I'm a BBG. You can't possibly want me to serve you. But here's the thing, Jesus broke the rules. He broke the rules. Can I just say this? We can be like this woman. We can tell Jesus day in, day out why he can't talk to you. Why he can't talk to me. Oh, I don't think God, we tell Jesus, I don't think God would want to use someone like me. I don't think God would want to speak 
to me. God can't talk to me. We, we, we tell, we, we, we start. Jesus has broken the rules, but we don't. Oh, I don't know how God would want to speak to a person like me, how God would want to talk to me. God wouldn't want me to serve him. The rules state I can't serve him. Why? Because my past is so bad, so mad, and so sad, God couldn't possibly want to use me. I'm an outcast. I'm, I'm that kind of person, or I'm this kind of person. God couldn't possibly want to use me. What do we start to do? We start to dictate to the limitless God all the rules of why we just aren't good enough. Come on, somebody, I'm preaching good. Why we just aren't good enough to be used. But I want to tell you here today, Jesus breaks all the rules to connect with you. Don't limit the limitless God. He's got some living water that if you would just partake, if you would just drink of it, if you would just take hold of what he has for you, can change and turn your whole life around. Stop giving God reasons why he can't do something. He's breaking the rules. He can speak to you if you would allow that living water to touch your life. He can speak to you, lead you, change you. He can break into your world. The Bible says you did not choose him. He chose you. He's going after you. Let him. He broke the rules to invade that woman's space, and he'll break the rules to invade your life if you would allow him. Just like he did for that kind of woman. Let's see what happened. When she got a taste of the, the living water, number two, she couldn't contain it. She had to explain it. She couldn't contain it. She had to explain it. What does she do? She has this encounter with him, drinks of that living water. She goes back to her village, and she shares with anybody and everybody. And notice this. This woman, this outcast. She wasn't worried about what people thought. She wasn't worried about what people would say. She wasn't worried about what people would think. She just preached it, not ashamed. She'd probably live with shame all of her life. Maybe you're living with shame right now. But I want to tell you, she had an encounter with God. She started living shameless because of what God had done. She goes to the village and she says, I've just met the living God. I've just met this one who's told me all about my life. And then we know this. The Bible says revival breaks out. Why? Because Jesus, because of this woman's testimony, Jesus has to end up staying there. He was just passing through. He was just taking break. He's like, I'm tired, woman. Give me a drink. And it tells us in the Bible that he ended up, Jesus ended up staying there two more days because revival broke out. How did revival broke out? Because that kind of woman went back to a village and told everybody and everyone she didn't care what they thought. She didn't care what they think about her. She just said, I've had an encounter with God. Some of us are too worried about what others will think. We've got to understand when we get in love with Jesus, when we allow God's love to work in our heart, nothing can stop us. She couldn't contain it. She had to explain it. Now, here's the main thing I want you to pull from this. I want you to notice this. When the woman went and shared the gospel with her peeps in the village, she had no Bible college training. She had no formal education. She had no formal Bible college training. She had no doctorate. She had no PhD. She had no BA. She hadn't even straightened out her life, let alone her hair. 
She hadn't. Nothing had changed. She hadn't even straightened her life out, yet God used her. Number three, this is what I want you to get. He qualifies the call. What had changed her? Simply this, she had been with Jesus. Jesus doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. If you're here today and you're going, well, I don't know if I'm ready, Pastor. I don't know if God can use me. I don't know if God can use me to touch a hurting world, to reach the world. Listen, I'm telling you today, today you don't need a Ph.D., you don't need a BA. You don't need to have some Bible college. Now, I'm not saying those things are, are bad. They're important things, but you don't need those to share Jesus. You have a PhD, praising Him daily. Come on, somebody. You have that PhD. You have a BA, born again. Hallelujah. You have all of those. You don't need those things. All that woman had. Well, I've got to get my life sorted out. That woman had nothing sorted out. She just got excited about what Christ had done and went out and shared it with others. You just need Jesus. Tap your neighbor and say, it's just Jesus. Come on. You know, even the disciples, the Bible says, when they were turning the world upside down, they were arrested because they were preaching too hard out. And the people are just going, what is going on? These guys are turning our city upside down. They were arrested. They were brought before the leaders of the city, the Sanhedrin. And, and it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they'd been at Bible college for 14 years. No, 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 that's not what it says. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. It says they were astonished. What were they astonished about? They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. What do you need? Jesus. What do I need to preach? Jesus. What do, who do I need to trust? Jesus. Yeah. What do you need to qualify? Jesus. Jesus. But pastor, in the, in the big scheme of things, can, can little old me really make a difference? Can little old me really make a difference? I mean, I, 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 I mean, really? And by the way, can I just say, I love Bible colleges too. Shane and Danica. Is Danica in here or she hasn't? She, I don't know whether she was here. She was here. Oh, hello, Danica. Stand up. They graduated from Bible college this week. So. Woo, well done. But they got Jesus. Come on. But Pastor, can I really make, I hear all that. I've heard your three, your three, all your sermons and stuff. But, but, but can I really, in the big scheme of things, really make a difference? Can little old me really make a big difference? Well, a group of 24 rabbits set loose in Australia grew to a population of 10 billion in 67 years. What has that got to do with the gospel? Really, it has to do with the compounding power of multiplication. If I, little old me, was to share the gospel, can I really change the world? My answer is yes. yes. How? If you could reach just one person in a year, just one. I said two in the last service and my mathematics were wrong. Uh -uh. And I was told and informed that by a number of people. Thank you. Just because I'm useless at math, because I'm an unschooled, ordinary man. Come on, somebody. No, drop the mic. I can't drop this mic, it's on me. So, but I'm an unschooled, ordinary man. There's a song there, don't worry. Thank you, dear. Every day she sees me, she's like, wow. I know, I know. I look in the mirror and go, wow, stop eating. Yeah, yeah. 
I was just telling the people the other, other day, and I said, dear, this is going to be a sermon illustration. Oh, this is out. This has nothing to do with my message, okay? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm coming in. She's cooking pizza. It's amazing. My wife is an amazing cook. How many have eaten her food? I mean, she's like amazing. But you don't know the struggles I have to go through. You really don't. So she's cooking this amazing pizza. I, I go to eat it. She's like, get away. She's like, stop away from the pizza. Taser, taser, taser. I mean, it's just like, get away from the pizza. But then here's what happens. Then Jeremy and Kyle come in. Oh. Jeremy, what do you want? He doesn't even live in the house. He doesn't pay board. He doesn't pay anything. She's screaming at me. And then she's saying, Jeremy, there's some pineapple in the fridge. Just get whatever you want. Take it whatever you want. I go to move closer. Get away from the pizza, Jeremy. Kyle, whatever you want, just go and grab open in the fridge, take everything. This is my life, people. No, there's some guys here that are going, I feel you, I feel you, come on. That's how it is. Mm-mm, mm-mm. What the heck was I talking about? Okay, so here we go. Mathematics. Can we really change the world? Yes. One pizza at a time. No. But yes, we can. See, if you were to take the message of the gospel and share it with one person, one person, just one person in a year and teach that person to go and do the same, do you know in 33 years we can reach the whole population of the earth if everybody did that? Just put that up for us, Yvonne. If we were to do that, if we were to go, each one, it was to reach one person and each person teach one of those people to do exactly the same. Do you know in 33 years, like 10 billion rabbits would be able to reach the population of the whole world. Can one person really make a difference? Absolutely. Absolutely. If we just reach one person and taught them to do the same. You know, in the late 1800s, Edward Kimball, what a funny name, Mr. Kimball. In the late 1800s, Edward Kimball volunteered at his church. He's one of those church guys. I don't know if he's a great preacher or whatever, but he, he said, hey, can I help? His heart was to see the youth group all one to Christ, but the reality is I don't think he was too good a preacher or whatever. No one was listening to his sermons. And there was one boy in particular who, who showed the least amount of interest. In fact, most Sundays, Kimball was teaching the boy would fall asleep. Better not be no one sleeping right now. Come on. Just scanning, just scanning. <laughs> he showed no interest. He would just fall asleep. Kimball decided that he would reach out and visit the boy outside of church at his workplace and the local shoe store, in the local shoe store. Kimball's heart was pounding. You know, he was doing one of those evangelism things. He's like, Kimball's heart was pounding as he entered the store where the young man worked. And he says, I put my hand on his shoulder and I asked, leaned over and I placed a foot on the shoebox and I asked him, come to Christ. Kimball left the store that day thinking he had botched the job. However, the resistant teenager, a boy by the name of Dwight, everybody say Dwight, a boy by the name of Dwight took the words to heart, received Christ that day, and went on to become one of the most prominent evangelists in America. In the 19th century, Dwight L. Moody, D.L. Moody, traveled between the U.S. and Europe, preaching to more than 100 million people. All of that because of the steps one man, Edward Kimball, funny name Edward Kimball, chose to reach one. Of course God can use you. But here's the thing, the story doesn't end there. 
On a trip to England, D.L. Dwight L. Moody visited a Baptist chapel pastored by a scholarly man named F.B. Meyer, who at first was angered by Moody's uneducated preaching. But soon, Meyer himself became transfixed by Moody's messages and would later follow him back to America, where at a Bible conference, a struggling young minister named Jay Chapman was challenged by one of Meyer's messages. Chapman's life was transformed by the influence of Meyer, and he went on himself to become a powerful evangelist in the early 1900s. Chapman recruited a born-again baseball player by the name of Billy Sunday, and under Chapman's mentoring, Billy Sunday became one of the most spectacular evangelists in the United States. At one of Billy Sunday's campaigns in Charlotte, North Carolina, a group of men were powerfully saved and many years later decided to pray together that God would move once again in their city like, he had, like they had experienced. In 1934, they invited evangelist Mordecai Ham to conduct a citywide crusade in their town. During the crusade, Mordecai Ham was discouraged by the lack of souls. He wrote a prayer to God on a piece of stationery in a Charlotte hotel room, pour out thy spirit tomorrow. The next day at the night of the crusade, God moved. And among the many who gave their lives to Christ was a 16-year-old high school student who profoundly who was profoundly touched by God, would himself begin to tell others about what Jesus had done in his life. Time magazine would later refer to him as the Pope of Protestant America because the 16-year-old boy, Billy Graham, would go on to become the greatest evangelist in American history, preaching over his lifetime to nearly 215 million people and leading millions upon millions to Christ. I wonder if Edward Kimball could see that. I wonder if he knew that when he just put that hand on the shoulder. Probably not. Absolutely, you and I can make a difference if the worship team can come. Here's the reality. We won't all be Billy Grahams. We won't all be Dwight L. Moody's. We might be an Edward Kimball. But all of us together, playing our part, can change the world. And maybe we can't change everybody, but we can change somebody. Don't underestimate, my friends, God's ability to use you, to connect people to Jesus and help them find their purpose. Let the love of Christ compel us. Let's not be ones who are ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes.